Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. And uh, once again, we're in the lovely Seven Springs, Pennsylvania. A little bit of rain going on right now. Feels like we're in the Pacific Northwest today. Yeah. Real thick, kind of misty, you know. Low clouds. Yeah. It's really pretty, though. Not not a great day for archery, but. No, but good time to hang out and do some podcasts. Heck, what do you yeah, think? yeah. The, so. the spirits are still high. Everybody's still stoked. People yeah. are still shooting. Yeah, it's been a beautiful weekend otherwise. Yeah. You know, not really high temperature, just a little bit of rain. We thought, looking at the forecast coming in, I thought it was going to rain, rain, rain. Yeah. But it's held off. It's been an awesome weekend. This is such a fun event. Everybody's passionate to passionate about archery, hunting. It's, it's cool to have community events like this bring people yeah. in. Yeah, so anyways, I have Sloan Brown here from Yeti Coolers. Sloan, can you introduce yourself a little yeah. bit here and just, just a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so uh, I started with Yeti last week. I am the new hunting specialist is my title. So uh, I'm focused on whitetail and waterfowl communities, um, kind of boots on the ground marketing, working with conservation organizations like QDMA, Ducks Unlimited, um, I'm managing our ambassadors. Um, I think we have 13 ambassadors, waterfowl and whitetail. Um, doing a bit of that and then hitting the road. I will be at this Total Archery Challenge and then the rest of them throughout the circuit except for South Dakota. So, nice. Yeah, I'll be on the road a bunch, but I mean... Dude, so right I, off the bat, you're getting ready yeah, to do it, aren't you? You're jumping not, into the deep end, baby. Not, not messing yeah. around. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm super, super lucky to to work for such an awesome company. And But um, this this line of work isn't new to you, correct? No, I was at uh, I was at a company called Backbone Media before this. We did public relations and advertising for hunting brands, um, Sitka, Maven Optics, Thermocell, um, Filson. And Boulder Boatworks were a few of my clients. Mountain Ops too. Jordan, Jordan Casey worked with those guys and Matt Davis quite a bit. So, oh cool. Yeah, so I did that for like two years before the job at Yeti came available, and somebody said, "Hey, you should go for this job." And I was like, "Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. sounds like a dream job." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be back in Texas. It's been like ten years. I'm, I'm from Texas originally. So okay. Yeah. For Backbone, were you living in Colorado, you said? Yeah, I was right outside of uh, Aspen, Colorado, a town okay. called Carbondale. It's a small, small little mountain town, probably 6,000 population. Elevation's like 6,500 feet. Yeah. Uh, right in the Elk Mountains, so like Unit 43 in Colorado. Great over-the-counter hunting out there. Yeah, yeah. Whoops, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry to all my 43 residents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just screwed a bunch of people. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But um, anyways, so uh, you're glad to be back in Texas, right? Yeah, man. It feels good to be back. Like, it's it's funny. It's been 10 years since I've been back, and, like, little things, like, bugs splattered all over the windshield when I'm yeah. driving in and <laughs> drinking a Dr. Pepper out of a styrofoam cup. I'm like, hell yeah. It's yeah. good to be back, man. I'm back, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and there's year-round hunting opportunities, good fishing. And mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely miss the mountains and the streams of Colorado and the elk and the trout, but um, I'm sure I'll still have have my crack at getting back out there and oh, yeah. giving it hell. I'm sure. And uh, so I 
technically just met you a couple days ago, I think it was, here. Yeah. Here. I followed you on social for a while, and I knew who you were, but, like, I realized you were launching this podcast, and we we did the gritty hike, and yeah. you got to tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I was, I was out of breath trying to tell you to come <laughs> up the hill. <laughs> I, was just, I was equally as gassed yeah. as you, so. But, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, I'd, and again, the world of social media, I knew, you know, who you were on there and everything, and, and it's funny how that goes, but, so we officially met each other a couple of days ago, and, and got the talk in here, and actually got to shoot the SICA course yesterday. I broke away from the booth, and so did you, and got a little shooting in. Oh, which, such a fun crew. That was a freaking blast. Who all did we have? We had uh, Brian Call, Jordan Harbertson, Donnie Wilson, Stefan Cor- Corporal... Capriletti. Capriletti. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Cornette joined us for a little bit. Our group got a little big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But awesome. Jason Mears. Jason Mears, the Meerkat. Oh, the Meerkat. He was there. Donnie Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. It was good. I, that's my kind of group because I I don't take anything real serious when it comes to shooting and I like messing around and just having a good time and yeah, man. that was definitely what our group was was all about. For sure. So there was a, there was a lot of arrows going in a lot of different directions and into the I, trees. Into the trees. Uh, into the target. Yeah. A lot of yeah, We were hitting foam. Yeah. We, sure. we hit we hit quite a bit of foam so yeah. that was that wasn't too bad but uh yeah there was definitely just light-hearted crew everybody's poking fun at each other you yeah. hit a tree you're gonna hear it um but yeah it was fun that's what it's all about is get get a good crew together and yeah and expect a camera in your face if you mess up yeah and someone's gonna let you know. everything is on the record when you're with jordan harbertson and brian call yes Yes, yeah. their phones are out. At, Don't at do anything time. too stupid. Yeah, and watch what you say because at some point something's recording. <laughs> I, I I know that I'll never be able to run for political office. There's too much stuff out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nor do I want to. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, that was a that was a fun trip there. Uh, I lost a few arrows, but people brought them back to me. So. I think I'm down four on the weekend, but I'm about to go shoot the locals course again. So I suspect I'll be down a few more by the end of yeah. it. Yeah, especially in his rain. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be fun. For whatever reason, you put a target at, the locals course is short, but you put a target in between two trees, Mm -hmm. and it's like they have a magnetic field around where they just suck the arrows in. It's like hitting a golf shot over sand. And your eyes, like, directly, I don't want to hit those trees, but in reality, I'm looking right at them, you know? (laughs) I'm going to try to focus on that today, like, really picking a spot on the target and focusing on that. And then just slapping the trigger? Block it, yeah, just punching through it. Smacking a tree, ground tuning my bow. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm so you, you, you explained to me yesterday what ground tuning your bow means. Yeah, I got that from Aaron Snyder. Okay, yeah. that's where you got it from. Yeah, forecast. So he's, just slamming your bow off the yeah, ground. Yeah, if you're not happy with your shot, maybe your bow's not. You know, it's never user error. No. Maybe your bow's not shooting right. So just slam it on the ground. You know, ground tune it. Yeah, man. It's funny. I listened to that podcast. I haven't heard him yeah. say that before. It may have been on his Instagram page, but that's funny. I remember it. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was one of his tech tips of the day. Yeah. So, anyways, you are working for Yeti Coolers. Yeah. So, um, you're here, one of the title, well, you are the title sponsor Mm -hmm. of the Total Archer Challenge, correct? Correct, yep. And um, it seems like Yeti's been a little bit in uh, the news lately with uh, the hunting industry and, and some... Yeah, misconceptions. Yeah, with the uh, kind of Second an, Amendment. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, so I think it was kind of so. A little bit of background is Yeti changed an outdated discount vendor program for the friends of the NRA and their local chapters. 
Um, we still offer the discount to them, but we changed the platform in which they were using. Um, and the NRA ILA, which is one of their chapters, sent out a, a press release saying that Yeti no longer supports the NRA, which is kind of one-sided. Not fully the truth, you know, as anything. There's two sides to the story. Um, but yeah, it was unfortunate because it, it kind of festered over a weekend. And of course, everybody on social media is in a hurry to be, to, to get upset about something. Um, and, uh, but you know, that's not the whole side of the story is there was other organizations that we, that we changed the discount program to as well. Um, it wasn't just the NRA. Um, and so, you know, I think the response time may have been a little slow and people jumped on one side or the other and, Really, we're here. We're, we're with our community. We've always supported sportsmen. We continue to do so. You can see that through our Instagram page, Facebook, all the media that we do. We're putting out hunting content all the time. Um, so, you know, Yeti started with hunters and anglers. So, obviously, we support the Second Amendment. That's a tool that we use mm-hmm. to, to kill animals and do what we love. Um, and so, it's kind of a shame, but, you know, we're moving forward. Um, we're trying to try to, trying to take the high road. We're, you know, we're looking at advertising with American hunters coming up soon. Um, that's a publication owned by the NRA. So, you know, we're, we know that they have a good audience and and they're Yeti consumers. So we want to put our best foot forward. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's go away from the, the negative part of that and look at all the things that Yeti has done for hunting conservation, the hunting industry as a whole, Mm -hmm. like, I know just from from my outside perspective, just looking at the media content and the films that are produced that are out on the YouTube channel and the and the website and everything are second to none, and they all have some sort of you know conservation background, and they're when, when you, they're tasteful to even a non hunter to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I don't. That's that's where I had a hard time when I first heard the the original release by the NRA. Uh, I had a hard time believing that because of all the things that Yeti has done over the last however many years in, in regards to how much support they've showed in hunting conservation and for the Second Amendment itself. So yeah. can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, I can't take credit for that because I just joined the company, but but my boss and my boss's boss, that's always been important to them and the guys that were at Yeti before us, it's always been conservation is the most important thing. And educating our consumers uh, through our films and our content, and we're always looking for good opportunities and meaningful engagements with conservation organizations. And that's 25% of my job, you know, is yeah. to work with conservation organizations. So clearly, it's important to Yeti. Uh, the founders, Roy and Ryan Cedars, um, have always had a had a spot in their hearts for conservation and trying to leave the landscape better than than we found it. Um, you know, and recruiting new hunters. And, and I think Yeti does a great job of that. They have a good opportunity um, to, because they're, because our audience is more than just hunters, you know, we're, we're breaking into new markets. So bridging that gap, you know, any outdoor recreation, sport activity, we're all recreating on public lands. So that's a big initiative for us. We support the BHA, you know, we support QDMA, National Deer Alliance, Ducks Unlimited, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, all of those groups that are making impacts on on conservation efforts and improving habitat and wildlife management and education, recruitment, all of it. So, um, yeah, we we 
we spend a lot with those organizations because we believe what they're doing is right. Um, but we also try to do more than just spend with them. We try to find projects where we can give support and put boots on the ground. And we're working on a project down in Texas on the coast right now with Ducks Unlimited. And um, we're supporting local BHA chapters. And yeah, so it, it's extremely important to us. We have we have a big audience, and we try to portray that yeah. um, that conservation is important, and try to get more more momentum behind it. Yeah, and uh, the the one thing with with Yeti, okay. So for example, last night we had a BHA after party here and stuff. You got the Yeti mug with uh, everything there. You guys were there. Mm-hmm. Were, did you speak up on? Did you speak on the stage? Yeah, I kind of drew the tickets. Okay, yeah, yeah. Were, I, I don't, like, I don't like public speaking, so I, I try to keep it simple. But yeah, yeah but <laughs> it was a big part of it. And yeah. BHA is something I've been a part of from the beginning of the Pennsylvania chapter, and have grown with it. Backcountry hunters and anglers is a great thing. I mean, it speaks for itself with the public lands, and it's starting to reach more. I mean, this chapter specifically is what what I know is growing exponentially. I'm not sure of the exact numbers, but a lot over the last I think four years or so and the fact that Yeti's you know a big supporter of that and going with it so I don't know it's it's I look at those things I look at those positive things that a company's like doing that and technically Yeti's not a hunting company you know right it's a cooler company company. that happens to have you know is in the hunting industry somewhat is that how you'd explain it yeah I mean we we always talk about the hook and bullet crowd is our core. Yeah. That's our core. That's kind of where we started mm-hmm. uh, marketing to them. So, yes, we are a hunting company. It's it's important. If you look at our social media avenues, like, there's hunting content on there. Always. Oh, yeah. So, yes, we're a hunting company. Um, so, yeah, um, BHA is awesome. They're doing a great job. Um, they have so much buzz around them. They're marketing towards the younger, passionate crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's cool to be a part and get behind an organization that has so much momentum like that. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. And so that it, that's kind of been frustrating to see so many people, you know, and, and maybe they're not really jumping off the Yeti bandwagon, but um, to just go one-sided and not really look at the big picture and the good that, that the Yeti brand is doing for for conservation and recruitment and backcountry hunters and anglers and access and public lands and all that. So yeah, it's kind of difficult. People can't see past one little difference. Um, there's so many, there's so much absolutism. Like you have to be one side or the other, you know, yeah. I think, I think, I, I don't know. I, maybe I just go down a rabbit hole sometimes cause I'm so far, you know, entrenched in the hunting industry, but I feel like there's a lot of negativity and a lot of hate floating in our industry and we're all in this together, you know? We all need to come together and, and quit slinging so much mud at each other. And and uh, because we are, as hunters, I feel like we're under attack more than, you know, maybe just the general outdoor crowd. Because there's, I don't know, I don't think we've been the great the greatest advocates uh, for our sport. Yeah. As we no, could that's, have been. Especially know, we, with social media now. Yeah. You know, it's you, you really have to be mindful of what you're posting and what you're putting out there. Not you know I I you know there, I know everyone says you know don't apologize for being a hunter I'm not saying that you know that's not I'm proud to be a hunter and that's the way it is but when you put it in front of other people and they don't have a backstory on you know this okay say this this trophy shot with you know blood all over if if I was to send that to you 
you wouldn't think anything of it. You're like, oh man, you know, yeah, you're congratulations. My language, yeah. I know that you, you, this is a year round process for you. This was the end result. But when you put that out there on social media, it's just this photo and maybe, you know, got him, you know, <laughs> something like, you know, something like that. And, uh, people, people don't see the whole story they don't. And, and you have, and now that these platforms are public and out there and you can hit the wrong, wrong buttons on people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I, I don't know. I always try to be mindful of that. Um, and I think everyone as hunters should be, um, not to say that you can't post a trophy photo, but maybe, you know, in your caption, explain the struggles that, that went into that and the, the hardships you experienced along the way and the time and energy that was spent um, shooting that animal. Um, I think that's important to kind of tell the journey along the way. Um, so I, um, I, I think it was, so Ben O'Brien is your boss. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Ben had posted something a little while ago about trophy shots. And at first, my first reaction to it was, I don't agree with him. Yeah. That was my first reaction. Yeah. But then I sat back and, you know, read into it, read through his stuff. I read it again. Then I listened to him talk about it on his own podcast and everything mm-hmm. and really thought about it from a different perspective. And I agreed with a lot of his points. Do I completely agree with, you know, you know, and I don't think he even completely agrees with getting rid of trophy photos. That's not what he's saying. No. He's just saying, think about it. Yeah. Think about the way you're putting that out there and what's going on and that you need to be open-minded about it. Yeah. And kind of let your ego go. If oh, I'm, you know, I'm a hundred and screw everyone that doesn't like that. You can't, you can't think that way. Yeah. We are under attack. Like you said, constantly. Yep. And I don't know. I get fired up about that too. Yeah. No, <laughs> I do too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I just think we need to do a better job telling the entire story. Not, not just that. Of course it's a, it's a monumental moment, but it's not just about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe you're telling the story going into the hunt. Then you're telling the story of the hunt. Then you're showing your success, but then you're following up like, Hey, I'm also, the work's not done here. Yeah. You know, it's not just about this photo that I'm taking with the animal. I'm about to throw this thing on my backpack and hike it out eight miles. Mm-hmm. Tell that story too. Yeah. And then I'm going to process that own meat and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to feed myself for a year off of it. Mm-hmm. And it's free range and it's organic and it's wild. Um, and it's pretty awesome that we can still do that on public land. Yeah. That's in all of us are able to walk onto and do the same thing if we put in the work. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, so like if, lucky, you, if you go into my fridge or freezer right now, it's 95, no, it's, I'd say 90% wild game f- and 10% bacon. Good for you. You're doing, <laughs> you're doing good. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I live by myself, so I just, you know, I can have a couple of the year and stuff. I can live pretty One of these days I want to do, I want to try to go 365 days a year with eating nothing but wild meat, but I'm not that good of a hunter yet. <laughs> I had a, I had a, a, a girl on here yesterday her name's Anna Leah or oh, Anna yeah, yeah. Dickey's her actual yeah. name but um she's a friend of mine and I went over to her house for dinner on on Saturday night do you, do you know was, her yeah yeah I met her she shot with us yesterday right yeah 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 yeah, yeah she yeah. was yeah or she didn't shoot but she yeah she she only eats wild game that's it yeah nothing but like she won't go to eat a burger no from here. besides she does get grass-fed um bison her dad owns a farm somewhere that has grass-fed okay. bison but no hormones no hormones like anything like that she was actually didn't eat meat at all for a while and then went to that and then she goes out and kills her own meat with her husband and her father 
and makes unbelievable food with it. I've like, heard, yeah. Oh my, like super good. But does your husband own a seasoning company too? Uh, was Reload? I know. I think he, he works for an insurance company. Oh, okay, but yeah. <laughs> damn, yeah. Close. <laughs> <laughs> seasoning, insurance, same thing. But yeah, and she does. I was like, that is awesome. The hard part for me would be traveling. Traveling's tough, man. You yeah, can't, you can't just pack no. pack a cooler full of meat, fire up your grill in your hotel room. <laughs> hey, uh, I'd like a me? burger. Here's the thing: I brought my own meat. Yeah, you cook it for me. I'll pay you the same. <laughs> just cook my own meat. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to live in like a cabin, never travel, and just like you'd have to have you'd have yeah. to be pretty dialed in. Yeah, just grow some super long hair and a mustache. You dehydrate it and just live off of jerky when you're traveling. You that's what do she it. does. Really? Yeah. So she said she was she went on some hunts in the midwest and she went out there and it was like in the middle of nowhere and there was like two diners and that was it she packed like lettuce and a ton of jerky and awesome. then some other stuff yeah but i that would be really cool to do like you remember was it supersize me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where the guy ate nothing but mcdonald's yeah like do that and do like super in-depth studies of just like a year, you know, blood levels go in depth. Look at testosterone levels. Look at it all, you know. All right. Cholesterol. And then go a year, nothing Listen, but wild game. I'll run the project. You be the. You be I'll the, fund it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fund yeah, it. yeah, you'll fund it. Okay. <laughs> Done. And Tell me where to sign. I know, but the thing is, I got to go for a year of hunts to get that meat. Yeah. You know, yeah, you'd that's have where, to. That's where it gets. It would have here. to be well planned and well executed. <laughs> yeah. And that's unfortunately that's not wanna, the way hunting goes. I don't know if you want to look at my success rates. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like. <laughs> that's my problem. Yeah, man, uh, that's funny. But anyways, yeah. yeah. So that's that's some of the stuff I wanted to dive into a little bit with with Yeti and uh, yourself. What what do you do? You go on hunts and stuff on your free time, or do you have any free time? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I got I got. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see um, with the new with the new job. I'll be on the road a bunch, but I think I'll have plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm focused on whitetail and waterfowl, which I'm really excited about. I grew up a whitetail hunter, like that's that's what I love. Yeah. Um, but then waterfowl is relatively new to me. I understand it, and I've I've killed my fair share of ducks, but I'm not you know I'm not a hardcore waterfowler. Um, so I'm excited to dive in. I think that culture is so cool, man. People yeah. are so fanatical and so obsessed and about the dogs it. and everything. Dogs, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So I'm excited to, to learn that a lot more. But um, I will definitely miss Western hunts and living in Colorado. Um, you know, September was always like my favorite time of year yeah. out there and doing that. But I think I'll still, I think I'll still get up to Montana. Um, I went to high school with a guy Ben Masters who did the documentary Unbranded. You ever seen it? It's on Netflix. Unbranded. That sounds familiar. They w- ride wild mustangs from Mexico to Canada. I don't think I've watched it. You should watch it. Is it, it. good? It's badass. Where, so where good. do you find it at? Netflix. Really? Yeah. Yeah, watch it. Okay. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. I'm going to put that in my phone right now. So they adopted number. 14 wild mustangs from Bureau of Land Management. Okay. Trained them, broke them, tamed them essentially because they're wild. Like they had to go in and helicopter survey them and then, you know, they bring in like a hundred different heads and, uh, they picked 14 that they liked, uh, and it was four dudes, camera crew, everything, and they rode from Mexico to Canada pretty much exclusively through public land, I think. I think they had to get some access every now and then. Um, but, yeah, it was like 3,000 miles. I think it took them four, four and a half, five months to do it. Really? Yeah, powerful documentary. And, and, and they did it because they wanted to raise awareness about the um, 
we have this massive surplus of wild mustangs like in the in the american west like nevada and, and utah and um the whole point is like hey let's quit let's quit buying these these quarter horses and purebreds and everything like these wild mustangs are great stock you know they've they've evolved and and they're rugged and they have great feet and they're sturdy and reliable you just got to spend some time with them so they're overpopulated let's start adopting them instead of continuing to buy buy horses you know through breeders when we have this massive surplus and it's a problem like they don't have they have appropriate management levels that are looked at by the blm and everything like that and they're they're far overpopulated really yeah that'd be interested to watch that how long of a documentary is it? it's like an hour and a half i think it's powerful i like that um but so anyways we're taking his mustang somewhere up into montana we're going like 10 miles in yeah prime time 10th through the 20th of september i think maybe the 20th or the 30th but uh, that'll be cool it'll be fun donnie wilson will be up there too somewhere in the woods he's trying to get it done solo this year he's standing right here donnie Dancing. wilson walked into the booth aka donnie burgers <laughs> he just got done with the p90x workout that's his third one of the day yeah that's what i heard yeah he's got a little swagger walking on i saw he's it feeling on, good. i saw it on his vlog yeah his vlog <laughs> yeah, he was vlogging, vlogging yeah again. he was vlogging yeah, he's a big vlogger yeah he's been vlogging his p90x for <laughs> yeah. he does yeah he does them naked too it's i'm gonna get donnie on the podcast you need as well to. that, that guy's if you want to talk whitetails that dude kills big whitetails so his handle is he t- i learned this last night it's d wilson 204 it's because he's killed two whitetails mm-hmm. that gross 204 inches yep that, yeah. Not many people get to kill two. And one of them was on public land. Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Probably yeah, he's a killer, that. no doubt. He probably should to... say that out loud. <laughs> Sorry, Donnie. No. I, give him, I give him shit every now and then. I'm like, dude, yeah, anybody can kill 200-inch deer in Adams County, Ohio. Like, yeah. Get off your high horse, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. Yeah, Donnie's got a great uh, gadding operation and everything. Dude, yeah, it's Down slick. There, but... Yeah, I, that's that's the hunt that I'm most excited about this year is he invited me out. Oh, no uh, way. November. That's awesome. Yeah, to hunt with those guys. So Yeah. Real McCoy Outdoors, go check him out. He's got a good Instagram page. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie takes some awesome photos. Yeah, well. he's good. He's, he's talented, good yeah. Yeah, geez, this rain is really coming down now, isn't it? I know. I had my toe, when I was doing the, the podcast there with uh, Sean, Sean DeGray, I had my toad open and my laptop in there while I was pouring down inside it. Is it fried? No, nah, I hope not. It's my work <laughs> laptop, so. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I, I think I dried it off good enough, but yeah, everything was soaked, but we'll get through it. Yeah, Anyways, man. Yeah. It, uh, what, do, what do you got planned? So East meets West. You're always looking at Western opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then the basis of it is from me wanting to go out West. You I know, love well, that. From when I went out West, that changed my life. And yeah. I really dug into it last night with Jordan and, and uh, Brian on the podcast. But it opened up my eyes to is there's so many adventure opportunities in the East that people don't think of the Appalachian trail that runs all the way up, you know, from Florida to Maine, I believe, or Georgia to Maine. And along that, there's so many different places you can go to. And, and Pennsylvania alone, Northern Pennsylvania, where I'm from, the Pennsylvania wilds has 2 million acres of public lands. Damn. Across. I yeah. I, I grew in PA alone. Yes. And that's oh. just North of interstate 80. That's just up in wow. the Northern part. It's all, it's all state forest. Uh, there's one big national force that I grew up right in the center of. So when I, when I grew up in that small town, I didn't understand private lands cause I could walk out my door and go anywhere and hunt. And I didn't understand boundaries until I moved down towards Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I'm like, 
this sucks. Like yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how important it was until I got away. See, you're opposite of me. I grew up in Texas where the state is 2%, 2 yes. percent public land. I bet you guys have far more public land in PA oh, yeah. than we do in Texas. So, And then I moved out to Colorado af- after college and I was like, whoa, dude, public lands. Yeah. Whoa, this like, is rad. I can just walk there? <laughs> I can just follow this trail and go kill elk? Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, man. But I don't even have to sign up for anything. Just buy a tag and go. That's yeah. cool, man. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm going to miss that. You know, being able to walk out my back door and go climb a 2,000-foot mountain for, you know, for exercise or to go chase elk. It's kill. Oh, man. That would be pretty awesome. And, and I, I know what area you're talking about. That would, It's such a beautiful, you know, area to be able to hike through that on the trails like okay on the weekend yeah let's go up and, yeah dude and then september hike. late september the aspen leaves start changing oh yeah freaking whole mountainsides turn golden yellow it's killer beautiful weather's perfect yep yeah man yeah that's, that's a beautiful cool. thing so yeah anyway so with with east meets west there i want to show adventure no matter where it's at and help people find that so um again i'm just gonna give a quick backstory i can fill you in a little bit yeah, later yeah. but when, when I did that, I, I wrote an article for an online magazine, and just I just wrote it for myself to recall the hunt, and then I, I submitted it, and then they published it, and I started got a really good feedback on it from people that I didn't know would read that, would reach out and say, "Hey, like you make me want, I want to go do this, I want to do that. How do I do that?" Yeah, and you know I was responding to everyone and talking them through it, helping them plan it. I, I don't try to give advice on killing. Because <laughs> I haven't been there yet, you know, as far as elk goes. Hey, man, but, you're not the only one. What is it, 14% most places? Oh, yeah, yeah. specifically, for, I was, that was like 7%, but... I know that yet. Yeah, yeah I've heard about <laughs> it. Um, off the, <laughs> with all that aside, it was just the adventure aspect and how much it's changed my life. It's hard. It's not, it's not easy to do that, to plan it and go through it. It's a lifestyle change, but it helps you out so much. You know, whether that's... You know, just just being in shape enough to do it. Uh, I um, I'm an advocate of being best shape that you can to do it. Do you need to do that? No. Yeah. But it helps. Yeah. So and that that helps just your overall healthy lifestyle. Okay. So then the planning phase. That's aw- That to me, I love that side of hunting. Mm-hmm. The planning leading yeah. up to it and looking at it, studying maps, doing that. Then just going out of your comfort zone, doing something different. Oh, you don't need a whole, there's a lot of, you know, fancy gear and stuff that, that I have and I love and I rely on. And if you have the money, that's fine, but you don't necessarily need everything to do it. You can, you can camp out of your truck if you need to and hike up, you know, and, and hunt elk. But like you, you said, you go done. to Walmart and get yeah. a, a tag for elk in Colorado. Yep. It's, it's amazing. So that, that's what I want to really, I want to help people, you know, find their dreams like that when they didn't think it was possible because they thought it cost a lot of money it's yeah. not as expensive as you think yeah no the way the way i see it is like i i feel like eastern guys aspire they look at western hunters and that's like aspirational for them it is and it shouldn't be too aspirational to where they're not going to get after it and do it like so i love i love the concept of east meets west dude and like you're just an everyday pa guy and you're going out west and you're doing it Maybe you haven't killed yet, but like, who cares? Yeah, that's not all. You know, that's not what it's all about. Like, no, like you said, it changed your life, and you haven't cut a tag out there, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm going Beautiful to this thing. year. There's a hundred percent chance. Hundred percent chance. Yeah. You found a hundred percent unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs>
but no, that's, that's the basis behind it, man. And I, I just want to, I wanted to help other people find that moment and you, you may not kill right away. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you walk out the trail and you shoot one and that's awesome. Tap me before. Has it? 10 minutes from the trailhead. Yeah, dude. It's oh. a beautiful thing. That was my first bull. No way. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, what? So I'm walking out. It was like a rainy morning like this. And, uh, they, they were going nuts all morning and I just, for whatever reason, couldn't get it done. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back, dry out. It was just a quick day spot. Go home, dry out, come back out in the afternoon. And I'm on my way out, and I hear a cow call. And I'm like, I wonder if that was another hunter. And I take, like, another two steps, and I see elk tracks right on the trail. And I'm like, that's not another hunter. Yeah. And I got like, I think I had my bow strapped to my pack, so I drop down, pull my bow off, and, like, sit down and blow a cow call. And all of a sudden, a cow steps out, and right behind her, a bull steps out. I'm like, whoa, they're like 10 yards from me. And the cow knew something wasn't right, and she she walked back off, and the bull was right there. His head was behind a bush. Perfect broadside shot, 12 yards, 10 minutes from the trailhead. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. so I, I nailed it. So how, how long did it take you? How long did it take you to be able to uh, to kill your first bull? So like, I mean, coming from three, Texas, that was my, it was my third season when I finally connected. So, so what I'm getting baby, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what's ha- That's what's happening. It, dude, it's a steep learning curve. And that's, what's, that's, what's tough about recruiting new hunters is like the barrier to entry is high, man. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of gear. There's a lot of education that goes into it. So, yeah. um, and you have to have the, the right people to help you. I mean, people can do it by themselves. But it's very difficult. You have to be very self-motivated. Yeah. Uh, There's more and more resources popping up. I was just reading last night about this new app called Powder Hook. Pretty cool. Um, Andrew McKean just joined their team. He's the, the old editor-in-chief at Outdoor Life. Yeah. Awesome dude. Like, yeah, yeah, when yeah. When you think hunting, you think Andrew McKean. Like, just, he's got stories. One of the most talented writers I've ever read. Um, he's awesome dude. But... Um, I think basically the way an app works, if I understand correctly, is like it's a networking app. You can get on and they'll connect you with somebody that's more experienced and you can just ask away. No and way. I think, yeah, I think it's like a heat map. So they're connecting you with somebody locally. Like, hey, I've never crappie fished before. What should I do? How should I do it? And it, yeah, boom, that's your resource right there. That's awesome. It's pretty sweet. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, I, I hope things like that keep popping up. You know, with technology, there's no reason they shouldn't. No, and tender for hunting. That's what we should do. Yeah, <laughs> tender for hunting. <laughs> How would that look? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I would love it though. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We're, we're, hey, we'll talk. Uh, that's trademarked, guys. Yeah. yeah, I need you to all sign an NDA before you listen to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit that out so no one has to hear that. Yeah, yet. So that's a million dollar idea right yep. there. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But. Uh, Anyways, yeah, that that is that is awesome to hear that that people are doing that. And I, I heard a lot of I don't know Andrews myself, but I've heard a lot of yeah. really good things about him, so I'm sure it'll turn out awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So when um so when when you it was the first time you hunted elk when you moved to Colorado? Yeah. So you had never so you were Texas, you know Texas, uh, I had um, I grew up fly fishing, like we'd go out west like I don't know, maybe once every three years and go fish. Uh, and I just never really had the patience for it. Um, but never done Western hunts. Um, 
always like a whitetail guy, kind of a tree stand guy. So okay. I got my ass kicked for the first three years. Oh yeah. And then like slowly, like just started like diving into hunting media and learning and reading and, um, going further, staying longer, learning how to elk call, learning how to read maps and, and just learn elk in general. And, elk behavior. and how they, yeah, they're, yeah. how they behave, their habitat, where they're living. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, got lucky, and it happened third third season, and then I connected the fourth season. Yeah, well, all those all those times that were you know you didn't succeed led up to that one time. Might have seemed easy at the moment, but if you think about how much time and effort you put into it, it wasn't. You yeah, know, it wasn't I, I knew it was going to happen, and I had interactions and stuff. Uh, yeah, other points in times. As, yeah, as I say, uh, every time I tell an an elk uh, story about my, I just quit kind of saying I just said I you know I killed anything because. I've had so many close calls that I, you know, I could feel it. I can, I could feel, you know, that 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 meat that I'm gonna eat down. Yeah. I, I wanted elk meat so bad. My, oh, dude, so good. But my buddy got one and rubbed it in his first time out there. But, anyways. <laughs> but dude, honestly, like you have one interaction with a screaming bull like that in September, kill it or not, like that's an accomplishment. And yeah, it's cool, man. It's so cool. Yeah. I had four bulls in 36 hours within 40 yards. Like it, they're all different encounters and it was absolutely unbelievable. And just, it was just so thick and stuff. I just never could get a clear shot that I wanted. And also realizing that, you know, you can't be as patient and waiting like you can with whitetails. You got you to be ready. If you haven't, yes. you're not at full draw when they're coming through there, you're screwed. Yeah, man. Especially hunting timber like that, thick yeah. timber. Like I almost feel like traditional archery guys are at an advantage because it's such like an instinctual shot and it's quick and you don't have to pull a compound back and get settled in and range. It's just like, boom. Yeah. I, I, I was so like adamant to make sure that I made the perfect shot that I was just like waiting for that opportunity when there's, I know there's times I should have been at full draw and I knew somewhat of the yardage and with how I know my bow and my equipment, my sight and stuff, I would have been perfect. You know, mm -hmm. it would have been fine to be able to do that, but it's all, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. I know what I did wrong. I'll fix it next time. Yeah. So that's the, uh, yeah, I've had plenty of those opportunities that have went back really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh yeah. But anyways, I had, you know, an awesome, awesome experience in, in a heavily hunted area and is what it is i'll keep you know keep going forward with it and year three is gonna be my year yeah, probably buddy. 100 yards off the trail is what i'm thinking so yeah yeah, yeah. Like 10 good. minutes from the trailhead you should on your way in you should be able you should be getting it done yeah, yeah. that's that's the plan call it early just yeah i'm only taking three days done. vacation from work because i'll be done on day one yeah right? and in the first two days the travel day on the back end and the front end so yeah. that just one day hunt yeah i'll pack it out one trip right no, no problem yeah on your own yeah, yeah. no problem solo so Pull anyways, the truck up to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, is there anything you want to add, Sloan? No, dude. I don't think so, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm stoked to see this podcast grow. Yeah. I think you're talking to the right audience. I think you got a great message. Um, so cool. keep getting after it, dude. Keep putting out good content. Keep hustling. I, I love that you're here. You know, obviously know your audience, who, yeah. who it's going to be. This is my audience. The passion, dude. I love it. Thank You're you. at the right place at the right event, and uh, you got the right message. So where can we find a little bit more about you and then also Yeti Coolers? <laughs> oh, I don't care about me. You don't have to follow me. Follow Yeti Coolers. <laughs> Keep an eye on their hunting content because they're all about hunting content. But I'm on Instagram too, like S underscore L underscore Brown. SL okay. Brown. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I love man. what you're doing. 
Yeah, we'll I'm going to go shoot this wet, muddy, soupy course. Yeah, don't fall. I'm not going to. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right, man. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.